You're listening to The Big Picture with Edwin Eisendraft on WCPT 820. Okay, well, thank you for uh, staying uh, with me. Boy, that was a fascinating and optimistic and uplifting conversation. I'm about to be joined now by also fascinating, also uplifting, David DeWitt, who's the editor-in-chief of the Ohio Capital Journal. But David, unfortunately, what we have to talk about is not so very uplifting. Yeah, not not quite as optimistic, but maybe. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, it, it's great to catch up. Listen, um, uh, I, I, I guess, I, you know, people aren't as tuned in as they... Uh, to Ohio, who are listening as as you are. So, would you um, bring everybody up to speed on on what I think of as the flip flop on August elections and what's really at stake? Just like talk through what's going on. Yeah, sure. So, just kind of the in a nutshell, what's happened is that um, since. December, Ohio lawmakers have been aiming to get a special election to raise the threshold for passing constitutional amendments from 50% to 60%. Uh, so they want to make it harder for Ohio voters to pass constitutional amendments. They are doing this, they have admitted in public and private, because an abortion rights amendment proposal is coming to voters in November, and also uh, the now retired former Republican Supreme Court justice and others are working on further anti-gerrymandering reform after Ohio Republicans ignored seven bipartisan Supreme Court rulings to force voters to vote under unconstitutional maps. And so we have a gerrymandered unconstitutional district legislature that is now trying to make it harder for voters to raise, to pass constitutional amendments because they don't want Ohio to pass an abortion rights amendment or anti-gerrymandering reform. They're doing it to 60% because, as we saw in 2022, other states like Michigan, like Kansas, um, they passed their amendments by 56%, 59%. So they want this 60% threshold to try to kill the abortion rights amendment. They're also putting it on an August election because they have to do it before the November election, but they really messed things up for themselves because they implemented one of the nation's strictest election laws as well in December. Uh, Voter photo ID, rolling back the opportunities for early vote, rolling back the opportunities for uh, active duty military vote, that type of stuff, but rolled into that was the elimination of special August elections, except for a very narrow, like, bond issue stuff. And they did that because they said at the time, hey, look, these are expensive. They cost $20 million. They're very low turnout. 2022 saw 7.9% turnout. They're, uh, they're hard on elections officials. And so let's get rid of these August elections. So they did so. Uh, then they realized that they, they missed their deadline to get this amendment proposal on a May election. And so they had to bring back an August election in order to put this amendment proposal to voters, to ask voters to hurt themselves, to take away a 175 years of majority voter authority. Uh, because they need to do it before November because they're trying to undermine the, the abortion rights amendment. 
Um, so that's pretty much where we're at, except for one caveat. Because they, they did not pass a law to create this new August election, they rolled it into their resolution. And that resolution calling for that election is now in contrast to the Ohio law that they just established. This portion of it is rolled up into a court case right now. There's a lawsuit that was filed saying, hey, no, this August election is illegal. You just made it illegal. Um, so you can't do this. But what a clown Ohio show. Court, the, yeah. The Ohio Supreme Court is stacked for uh, radical conservative favoritism anyway. So even though there, it, it's probably accurate that it is against the law. I mean, it is against the law that they just made. I don't expect a favorable ruling from a partisan court. So I think that we will have the August election. And um, yeah, it, uh, it really tees up this whole fight, the 175-year fight over the Constitution, but also it's very much related to what happens in November with abortion rights. So I got to ask, like, when is a bridge too far for Ohio voters? Because it wasn't a bridge too far when the state taxpayers were hoodwinked on a fraudulent scheme, you know, to uh, to uh, create private school for a donor. Right. That cost a billion dollars of taxpayer money. It wasn't a bridge too far when uh, you had the biggest public utility scandal in the country. And that's coming from a guy in Illinois that has plenty of public utility scandals. Um, It wasn't a bridge too far. You know, when the Republicans told voters, we're going to make you vote in districts our Supreme Court says are unconstitutional. Like, when are Ohio voters going to say, I see it, it's too much. We actually don't want to lose our democracy. Is this it? Yeah. Because of abortion and everything else, is this going to be the time? I, I hope so, because it really is the ball game here. This August vote is everything. Because we have a gerrymandered legislature, because we have an Ohio Supreme Court that the governor has his son on, plus his fam- best family friend um, that he appointed to the, he stacked the Supreme Court for right-wing favoritism. Voters really in Ohio, and because we have no safe harbor or anything for initiated statutes, so if Ohio voters could initiate to try to change the law too, but the gerrymandered legislature could just overturn that. And so this really is the ball game here. Everything's at stake with this August election as far as whether Ohio voters will have any ability to hold their legislature accountable, to hold our legislature accountable. It's really the last piece of power that Ohio voters have left to them, direct power, because everything else is rigged. Um, And so what we're seeing is a massive mobilization against it across partisan lines. We have 240 bipartisan organizations that are standing up against this proposal. We have four bipartisan former governors who have Uh, stood up against this proposal. We have five bipartisan former attorney generals who have stood up against this proposal. The entire association of Ohio election workers who operate our elections bipartisanly uh, are against this proposal and against this election. Um, So I... The the only time that I've seen massive consensus mobilization on this level 
was when they tried to strip away all public collective bargaining rights in 2011. And voters came back with them and passed a referendum and, um, you know, made John Kasich that. eat that, yep. basically. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 but it's August. Now, I have not it's seen August. they got to like show that. up. they got to yeah, show up on a progress Yeah. But the energy's the on, on our side this time. Yes, there, I think that the popular energy absolutely is. But now uh, you have to remember this. Is, it's kind of funny because they're saying, even though they've admitted in public and private this is all about abortion and gerrymandering, they, they're what they're trying to say, you know, their political talking points memo is out-of-state special interests are trying to uh, rewrite the Ohio Constitution all the time. And so we need to protect the Ohio Constitution, they say, by making it harder for voters to pass amendments. Now, this ignores all kinds of facts. Um, David, wait one second. I'm sorry to interrupt you, David. I got to interrupt you for this, and I'm terribly sorry to do it. But out of state, the guy's in my state, Dick Ewing. Yeah. Yeah, He's funding their side. Yeah, as an Illinois billionaire, an out-of-state yeah. special interest billionaire who funds election deniers and the groups that organized January 6th is the guy funding the Ohio effort. So, yeah, it's just enormous hypocrisy. I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't Lies. make any sense. And every argument they try to make falls apart because they're so clearly acting in bad faith. Like, they're so clearly being dishonest. They're so clearly being hypocritical. There, there is not one serious-minded person who is buying any of it, you know, in Ohio. Well, um, so, so this, yeah. this has got to be it. This is the game. I, this I, has got to really, be it. I mean, so are, are, are Democrats up to this? You know, oh can they boy, organize I, and turn this energy into something real? I don't know what the Democratic Party is going to be doing. I'm sure they're going to be making whatever efforts they can. But when you have a coalition of groups like the ACLU and Common Cause and the League of Women Voters and these massive organizations, I mean, they are all in on this. They recognize that this is everything. I mean, this is this doesn't just raise the threshold. One other thing that it does is it makes you collect signatures from all 88 counties instead of 44. Now, it's already incredibly difficult to get an amendment on the ballot, but trying to get, you know, 5,000 signatures from a 5,000 population county is, you know, almost impossible. Um, and so this will kill the citizen ballot initiative in Ohio. And it's important right. to so many different people for so many different reasons that you're, it, it's almost not, it's not just the democratic party. What they do is important, but, um, all these other groups are going to throw everything they have at that. And I think that that type of massive coalition could make a big dent for sure. Well, and if it does, then it's still around in May to deal with abortion and to deal with gerrymandering. Yeah. I mean, Ohioans yeah. have already voted against gerrymandering once. It's just that their legislature ignored them. Right. Correct. So you need... So now we need new reform that remove that kicks the politicians out of the process entirely, basically. Yeah. So this 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 is a moment. I mean, this is the if we have the energy here, this is like like what's happened in other states. This is the moment when 
when ordinary people can go from defense to offense against Republican overreach. Yes, I agree. I mean, they have they've decided to to go this route um, and they've given that opening now. Yeah, like this is this is a time where you really can take the ball and and drive at them because uh, they do not have they don't have public opinion on their side on abortion. They don't have public opinion on their side on gerrymandering. They don't have public opinion on their side on the minimum wage or gun laws, which are the other two groups that are supporting this, the Restaurant Association and the and the gun absolutists. Mm -hmm. And um, so they know that they are in an unpopular position trying to make an unpopular thing happen. And that's why they're doing it in August, honestly. They think that that low turnout, it, the low turnout with mo demographic that skews older is their best shot at, at getting that. But what they're really asking is, you know, 8% of voters to decide that 40% of voters get to decide the lives, liberties, rights, and, uh, and legal protections for 100% of Ohioans. So yeah. it's just, I, I don't think that they'll get energy. I mean, who are they going to get pumped up to go to the ballot box and strip themselves of power? Well, listen, if it's only 8%, you know? they buy those votes. That's what all that money does. I mean, really? Yeah. That, so, that, so, that, so the only way to beat them is for people to show up. Yeah, and that's what, you know, the league and everyone will be trying to do. Get that up to 30%, yep. you know? Yep, yep. All right, let me change topics a little bit. Um, because one of the things that is big, big part of my life has always been higher education. I spent a chunk of my life working um, in and around uh, universities all over the world. Uh, and then this morning, because I couldn't help myself, I actually read HB 151, the so-called Ohio Higher Education Enhancement Act, which is sitting in oh, your legislature. And I read yes. the whole thing. And I will tell you that it is a bill to destroy. Um, I mean, I, what is Ohio State to Ohio? A, a couple billion dollars of revenue a year, um, an enormous source of pride, one of the greatest uh, organizations to develop talent that matters all over that state. Do they want to kill Columbus, which is the, one of the fastest growing regions in the country? This bill will destroy higher ed because you can't have institutions of higher education where the state tells faculty what they're supposed to think. Yeah, no, it's antithetical to the entire idea of a classical education where you can't impose tyranny on education. That's not education. That becomes indoctrination. It becomes exactly what they claim to be fear-mongering about. You know? Right? I mean, it's Maoist. It's actually the cultural revolution. I mean, I, it prohibits, and it says literally, you cannot teach controversial topics like climate change. What? Right. Like, right. what young person is going to go to a school that says, ah, climate change? Nope. Can't even talk about it. It yeah, outlaws any efforts world. at diversity. It says that universities must be places of diverse thought, but certain topics can't be talked or discussed. 
It says we need you to put every syllabus online only one click away so we can collect all the faculty syllabi and audit them to see whether you're whether you are um, in compliance with our new orthodoxy. Right. I absolutely yeah. appalling. And it's in the, oh, I mean, this isn't some, right? Uh, yeah. I, it, it isn't going to pass, is it? Um, I don't know what the whip might be in the House. I mean, I'm sure it's favored by Republicans, but I know that there are some Republicans that um, oppose it. And remember, we're dealing with an illegitimate uh, legislature here. This is an unconstitutional gerrymandered, illegitimate legislature. They, totally they wouldn't that. have had the votes to pass the amendment thing without the gerrymandering, right? So they right. wouldn't have the votes to pass this if they weren't gerrymandered. Will they have the votes to pass it? I don't, I mean, they only need 50. I don't know if, you know, 12 Republicans are strong enough or smart enough or not cynical enough to protect Ohio higher education. Um, well, I hope so some I of the grads of Ohio State, you know, or the Senate's already <laughs> passed it. Um, but that again, it, that's all the most opponent testimony of any bill that we've seen in Ohio history, perhaps uh, over 500 pieces of written testimony. You have the trustees <laughs> of the Board of Ohio State against it. And that's one thing like my, a lot that's of those not trustees easy to do. like the watch. And yeah. if, if those trustees oppose it, Mike, they might put pressure on Mike DeWine to veto it. And then that legislature would have to override his veto. And that would be an even higher lift for them to get that. Yeah. I don't think that they would have the votes to do that. So Mike DeWine could kill this still. But the Ohio State trustees are against it. All of the professors, all of the students. I mean, you have... 95% of the Ohio edu- higher education community at the state house vocally saying this is a terrible idea. This is going to drive people away. This is going to uh, undermine our universities. And you're right. Uh, we just saw last week there was $69 billion across the state that was brought in by our public universities. Yeah, um, $69 billion. I mean, so, I, I. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is kind of. I, I talked to people. I mean, David, I talked to people in Illinois, people involved in the University of Illinois and people in private universities in Illinois. And I said, you know, there's states around the country that are at war with higher ed. And they said, yep, and we are fundraising on it. We are getting um, we are getting ready to make offers to star faculty all over the country to bring research here to bring so that so that innovation happens here so that we're more competitive. I mean, seriously, you're, you're. Talk about throwing the future away. Oh, and they have no concept of that. They're literally living in a different world. I don't know. I mean, I don't think, I think that oftentimes people think that their politicians are a lot more competent and smart than they are. Like, I don't really have any intellectual respect for these people. I don't think they're very smart, most of them. And I think that a lot of them who have intelligence are just deeply cynical. And so, like, they're not very well thought out. The sponsor of this is sitting there saying that he thinks this won't drive away young people. This will attract young people who don't want to go to colleges with liberal bias. That's his worldview. That's where he's coming from. I mean, he is so far removed from reality and young people, apparently, 
that it's kind of, I mean, it's almost tragic, but it's mostly tragic because he's trying to inflict this narrow, stupid worldview on the entirety of Ohio. And enrollment's already been going down at our universities. This is going to crush them. This is going to crush our economic development. Just like you said, it's going to crush our universities. It's going to exacerbate brain drain. Young people are going to flee. Any reasonable-minded person is going to flee. The companies that want to hire people are going to flee because most people want to work at, they don't want to work at non-inclusive companies. They don't, you know, like, it's just going to make every problem worse. And sometimes I wonder if, you know, like, you, you'd have to think that they would want the economic development, right? But maybe they just they just don't want, you know, they don't, maybe they want the state to be, you know, just, to, I, I don't even know what state to compare it turning into, but, you know, like, they, yeah. maybe they don't want a thriving state. Maybe they do want all the reasonable, educated, you know, Democrats with all the economic opportunity to just leave so that they can just dominate and create whatever dystopian hellscape they want to create. Well, from Athens, Ohio, to Columbus, to, you know, uh, uh, Cleveland, um, uh, there are big institutions that are that the state has been proud of that have helped Ohio do everything good that it's ever done. They're going to just throw them all under the bus. And I think the law has some. Uh, impact on private schools there as well. So, you know, the Oberlin colleges yeah. that, that people have like, you know, they're all in jeopardy from this bill. And it, it, it's all out of petty resentment, too. You know, it's because they felt like, uh, you know, uh, they they didn't get the intellectual respect they wanted for saying vaguely fascist stuff when they were in college. You know, like it's so petty because to me, it all reveals that they have no comprehension of how education is supposed to work. Good education is not about telling people what to think. It's teaching people how to think well. And they have no concept of that. Like, they really believe that, like, education should be this prescriptive indoctrination that they claim to be against, but not when it's their indoctrination. And I wonder what you could misunderstand how education actually works. Yeah, I mean, I. I, do, I don't, I don't, I can't get myself in their heads. What could you read? You can't read Plato's Symposium because it talks, you know, about relations with men and women in interesting ways. Nope, off the table. So you can't read Plato. You can't, like, you know, there are parts of the well, Bible that they would be offended by. I don't know what, what, what's left. Yeah, controversial is such a dumb, uneducated turn of phrase. I mean, my goodness. Like, the only way to build muscle is to tear muscle, right? The only way to build mind is to challenge it. You have to work to gain knowledge. You have to work to gain intelligence. That includes challenging yourselves with ideas that make you uncomfortable, that make you think more. You know, that's how education is supposed to work. And it's supposed to make the person being educated think broadly to consider many possibilities so that they have more weapons, they have more tools in their toolbox, their intellectual toolbox. When you start constraining that, when you start you start prescribing the only things that people can think. I mean, first of all, it doesn't work as education, 
But then culturally, I mean, it's just going to push people away. Banning a book has never stopped people from reading a book. It's only made that book more attractive. But it's going to push people out of state, you know? Like, young people are just going to be turned. They're going to become resentful. They're going to leave, you know? Um, And our educational institutions are going to become a laughingstock, and that's tragic because our educational institutions right now are some of the most glorious things we have in Ohio. Uh, Ohio State is a national treasure. You have others, but it is a, I mean, and I don't just mean this from, I, I, I mean this in, in so many ways, from its economic output to the entertainment the world gets from its sports to um, the graduates who go all over the world with, with enormous expertise. And it's not the only one, but to throw it all away, I guess, I mean, we've talked about two things that your legislature is in the midst of, right? Stripping away democracy, uh, making it impossible to have a discussion about whether or not abortion should be legal or not, and, and, uh, and destroying the institutions of higher education in the state. I mean, David, just tell me they've had it enough already. <laughs> it, there should be a revolt of voters. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, like I, I, I see it a lot. I see the outrage a lot because of the space that I exist in, but it's hard to tell how outraged the everyday Ohioan is. And I, I just know that as journalists, we just got to keep hammering it home to them how critical this situation is, you know, red alert, like, um, all the alarm bells should be ringing for every Ohioan because this is really this is these are drastic fundamental changes that will reshape decades upon decades if if these things fall now it's going to take the rest of our lifetimes to even get back to status quo so i hope people understand the importance of this moment the historical importance of this moment that ohioans haven't seen in generations upon generations and as as journalists i'm just going to keep you know, we're going to keep hammering it home from every angle and arming them with the power of knowledge. Thank goodness you're there doing this work, David. I really appreciate it. And as always, it's great to catch up. Yes. Thank you, Edwin. Always nice to talk to you. Thank you. All right. All right, everybody. That was David DeWitt, editor-in-chief of the Ohio Capital Journal. Oh, my gosh, the land that democracy forgot. But, but, one that we might yet turn around because there's only so much pushing around we're willing to take. We're going to take a break. We're going to talk economics with Dean Baker when we come back.